Hello everyone, welcome back to the Living Hopeful podcast. To wrap up the year and coming into Christmas, I want to talk about today the hope that we can have in the Christmas story. I think the church and Christians in general emphasize Easter so much more over Christmas because Easter was when Jesus died and the deed was done and we were saved from our sins. But there is so much hope that we can have just in the way that Jesus came into this world. Today I want to talk about three aspects of the Christmas story that give me hope for, and I'm hoping give you hope for the future. Um, Going sort of through the Christmas story as told in the New Testament, God really gives us hope for the future. And it really just signifies a fresh start, a clean slate, and really speaks to a hopeless generation, which in the Israelites were in slavery for many, many years. And Jesus comes and brings them and us so much hope in a world which seems hopeless. So, yeah, I really hope that you are encouraged by this episode, that you enjoy the episode, and without further ado, let's get into it. The first thing I want to talk about is how Jesus' entrance to the world as our saviour wasn't as expected. Because Jesus, well not Jesus himself, but it had been prophesied that a saviour was coming, that there is hope and that God will save us and that there will be someone to come and save us, everyone and we probably would have expected this as well, would have expected him to arrive in a king-like way, in a way that was full of glory and power and goodness. And he came down from heaven on chariots, surrounded by angels and harps and all this stuff. You would have expected what you would expect heaven to look like, like the stereotypical way, the the stereotypical, like, Um, image of what heaven looks like you would probably expect um, Jesus to come down in this way but as we all know he didn't he came humbly as a baby boy in a manger he didn't even get plonked down on earth as an adult where he was ready to begin his ministry he lived a full life and that included being a newborn and into being a child and a teenager and then coming into adult life, Um, which definitely wouldn't have been what I expected as a saviour. I would have just been like someone's come down and for some reason he's able to save us and he wouldn't have to go through all the trials and tribulations and struggles that us as humans do. But that was the only way that he could save us. Jesus had to live a fully human perfect life to be a worthy sacrifice for all of our sins and he did just that and the very beginning of it was being born as all of us humans are born in the midst of chaos and um, not even in a place that's worthy for a human to be born in 
um, Luke 2, 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for him then. He wasn't even born in a normal house. He wasn't even, you know, born in somewhere that you would, I don't even know. But he was, he came so humbly it just really speaks to the humility of God and how even though he is king and he knows his worth and his power and his glory, he didn't demand that and he didn't come into this world in this way. He instead became the lowest as he tells us to. And as an example, he came in the lowest form being born in a place where animals eat and shit and stuff um yeah and as I sort of looked and thought more about the components of the Christmas story and how Jesus came to be there's so much more humility to be shown in this and so much more hope just in the family that he was born into and all the components that were in his birth. Um, it would have been expected because for Jesus to come from very important people in an important place because he is royalty and this is how the rest of royalty had come. They had been from very important, righteous, prestigious families um, being born in an important place and it was this way for thousands and thousands of years before um, and so you would have expected for the savior of the world to be born to people who are religious and righteous and just important people but instead he came from an unmarried couple living in Nazareth not the more righteous people um, but they were they were lowly in society. They were unmarried, which obviously was a big no-no for Mary to be seen as being pregnant out of marriage. Um, but God didn't care. He didn't care about their standing in society or their righteousness or anything like that. What mattered to God was how willing they were and... That gives us hope that it doesn't matter where we've came from or what we've done. God can still use us in extraordinary ways. And the only thing that we have to do is be willing. I think so often we can see people who are successful or... I don't know, just higher up in life, more important in life, I don't really know, um, more further along their journey and sort of see their works and what they're doing and how, oh, like they were able to do that because they came from an important family or um, because they're, you know, righteous and they haven't made these mistakes and all this stuff and we can get down on ourselves and start to think that God can't use me in any important way because I've messed up and because I've made mistakes and because 
I'm not the perfect person to be used. God, he, this is a very, I feel like it's a very, I don't know if it's cheesy, but it's something that I heard all throughout my high school years is that God doesn't call the qualify, qualified, he qualifies the called. And what this is pretty much saying is that when God calls you to something and when God uses you, you don't have to be all put together and you don't have to be all righteous and perfect and know what you're doing. He, if if you're willing and only if you're willing, he will use you and he will work with you to transform you into the person that he has created you to be. For so long, I saw my mental health struggles as something that um, unqualified me from being used in extravagant ways by God. Um, but yeah, God has taught me, and it's that that is a lie that nothing can disqualify you from being used by God um, except your willingness. And yeah, this story really is the blueprint, not the blueprint, but is an extraordinary example of how the only thing that matters to God is your willingness and your heart and not your actions or anything on the outside or anything on your past. The situation and circumstances around Jesus' birth shows me two things. The first is that God defies the ways and expectations of this world. So what you may see as unimportant or terrible, God can use for important and good things. God's understanding is way beyond ours and he can do so much more than we can ever comprehend or imagine. Romans 11 verse 33 to 34 says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of our Lord or who has become his counsellor? We can't understand or even begin to comprehend God's um, wisdom and knowledge and plans for our life. And he can take something that we may see as not good and use it for his glory and and God being unpredictable can mean that sometimes things are uncomfortable for us it's very uncomfortable to not know what's going to happen or something something happens that you would have never thought or imagined um, like Mary being pregnant before marriage would have been so uncomfortable for her, especially in a society that was very Christianese in their thinking and um, it being a big no-no to have sex before marriage. Um, yet God used that all a part of his plan. He used that to bring glory to himself and to show that this wasn't, this would have never been Joseph's baby that the only way that Mary could have fallen pregnant is by the Holy Spirit which is what happened and obviously that was the way that God did it and the only way that Jesus could have come and been fully human at the same time as being fully God um, but Mary obviously didn't know that when it happened and 
yeah, she would have been so afraid and uncomfortable. And this is the same for us. God can do things in our lives that we may feel we were uncomfortable about. And yeah, because we weren't able to predict them or it was something beyond our understanding. But God uses this all for his plan. It's all part of his plan. And trusting God means taking his plan um, head on. And we can trust that whatever happens in our lives, that it is intended for good and that God will keep us safe and um, will have good things for us. And the second thing that this shows me is that God values humility over boastfulness. He couldn't have arrived in a magnif he could have arrived, sorry, in a magnificent way, showing everyone how powerful and great he is. Yet he chose to come humbly as a baby, unable to humanely do anything until he grew older. First Peter five verse six says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And by us being humble, by serving, by putting others before ourselves, um, etc., we may not get ahead in the world, but we are showing Jesus to others, and this will be glorified in time. Um, it really just reminds me of what is our, what do we value in life? Do we value? the materialistic things or the things that the world says is success or do we value our mission that we have been put on this earth to do which is showing Jesus to others and making disciples and by being humble we that is a way that we can do this. And the second aspect of the Christian story, that the Christmas story, sorry, that I want to talk about is that Jesus' birth was a fulfillment of promises from the beginning of time. From the very start of Genesis, I've already mentioned this, but from the very start, God promised the Savior to come and save us from our sins and restore a relationship with him. There are more than 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus, which he fulfilled every single one of those, which is absolutely crazy when you think about these prophecies were prophesied by hundreds of different people, not knowing anyone else and not knowing the prophecies beforehand, yet they all aligned and they all were fulfilled because they were God-ordained and because the prophecies were Jesus, was God speaking through these people. Um, and just Jesus' birth and the circumstances of it alone fulfilled so many prophecies. And I'm going to talk about a couple of them. So the first one was the nations will be blessed through Abraham's lineage. In Genesis 12 verse 3 it says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Um, and right in the beginning of Matthew 1, um, Matthew lays out the genealogy of Jesus, and he came from the family of Abraham and that was a promise 
God promised to Abraham that um, you will be a father of many nations and that really did happen. Um, Acts 3 verse 25 to 26 says, And you were heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you and blessed him by turning each of you from your wicked ways. God fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus came from the family of Abraham, um, which is wild because of how many other families and other things would have gone in the way of that. Yet, because Jesus is all-powerful and all-controlling, he made that happen and brung that prophecy to fruition. I always cannot say that. It's terrible. Anyway, the... Next one I want to talk about is the scepter will come through Judah. Genesis 49 verse 10 says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. So pretty much what what this prophecy is, is that Jesus would come from the land of Judah. And Judah is a part of Jesus' genealogy, um, which is said in Luke 3. So that is also a fulfillment, um, not only being from Abraham's family, but being a part of Judah. Um, the next one I want to talk about is how um, a virgin will give birth and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This is the craziest one to me, just because of how this is earthly and possible for a virgin to give birth. Um, But in Isaiah 7 verse 14, this was prophesied. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will call him Emmanuel. Um, And in Luke 1 verse 35, it says, The angels answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That it's humanly impossible for this to happen, yet because of God being all-powerful, almighty, all-controlling, and in his power of him being the true God, he was able to make this happen. And it was a sign to, obviously, his people that his saviour, that our saviour had come. And the last one I want to talk about, which I've talked about briefly before, is that God will be Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. Um, it says that in Micah 5 verse 2 that Bethlehem would be the one that Jesus was born into. And as I have said, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, um, which is crazy because it's a very small and non-religiously important place, yet it was still the place that Jesus was born and also that Mary and Joseph were from Nazareth but were in Bethlehem because of the census um God made it happen and it just shows how God has everything together and he makes everything so many things everything come together for good and 
according to his plan, he's pulling all the strings together um, to make sure that everything goes according to his plan. And that's the same in our lives, that God is the master puppeteer and he is allowing things to happen in your life and allowing circumstances to come around and everything because it's a part of his greater plan for you and you may not understand it now but it has so much good because God is good and it is a part of God's plan um, and this the whole just the monument of that so many of these prophecies being fulfilled really shows us the faithfulness of God and it gives us hope that firstly what he promises to us will happen even if it doesn't happen in the way that we expect it to happen. God promised a saviour to come and save us yet he came in the most unexpected way. God may promise you things and God has promised us things in his word um, and you may have given up on a promise that God has given you. You may have given up because things haven't gone the way that you think it should for that that promise to be fulfilled. But have hope that if God promised it to you, it will happen and that God is faithful in that. Um, I think a big one for me and something that I've really been struggling to continue to believe um, because it was prophesied to me so long ago was prom pro promised, sorry, not prophesied, promised to me so long ago by God is that I will one day be in a place where I will be speaking in front of thousands of people and be telling lame men to walk pretty much. Um, there was a prophecy that was spoken over me in like year seven, I think. So I was about 11 or 12 and it was about me standing on the stage in front of thousands of people and seeing a guy in a wheelchair and telling him to get up and he got up and came to the front. Um, and I always thought that by me starting this podcast and this platform and all this stuff that it will come through this but I'm like two and a half years deep and I haven't really seen that much growth at all and have really started to be discouraged because it's not going the way that I planned it to but I know and it's the same for you that God is faithful to his promises and to keep having hope and keep doing the things that he tells us tells you to because it will happen if God promised it and the second thing that the faithfulness of God gives me hope with is that the divine characteristics of God will continue and will never change. His love will never change. His kindness, his patience, his forgiveness, his goodness, his power, his glory, everything will continue and it will never change. No matter what we're going through or what the world is facing or what's going on around us or how we're feeling or anything, that will never change. And that gives me such hope into the future that despite what's going on in the world or despite where I end up or whatever happens, that I still have God's love and God's kindness and goodness with me because 
he is faithful to all of those characteristics and he is a never-changing God. And the last thing I want to talk about, the last aspect of Jesus' birth, is that Jesus coming as a human no, means that he experienced all the humanly things and so truly knows what we are going through. The only way that God could ever truly experience and know what humans go through is by experiencing it himself. Through Jesus entering the world as a human, it was the first time that God wasn't a high and heaven God, but that he was truly with us and experienced what we experience. Philippians 2 verse 7 says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made into human likeness. Just the whole concept of Jesus stripping everything godly from him um, and coming humbly as a human and facing things that he should have never had to in his royalty and his godness really just really shows how much that God cares for us and that God can really empathize with our struggles and what we were going through. It shows us that God is truly with us. By God coming down onto earth, he is closer than any other God has ever been before. When God promises that he is with us, he comes through with it. He showed it to us through sending his son on earth the way he did. And even though Jesus isn't roaming around this earth today, God is still with us and he is closer to us than ever because of Jesus being able to um, restore the relationship that we have with him um, and our sins no longer being in the way. Um, and Jesus coming down on earth to do that just really shows the, obviously the humility, but the kindness and the care that God has for us and how much he truly does love us. And this also shows me that God can understand and empathize with us and our struggles. Um, and because Jesus was human and experienced the human things, he truly does understand what we're going through and he truly can comfort us, which gives us so much hope that in the midst of a dark season, in the midst of a struggle, that we can go to God and he can truly help us. So yeah, that's all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Check out my Instagram, which is down in the description as always, to keep up with updates from me and whatever else I'm doing and more content over there. As I did mention, this is going to be the last episode for 2023. Um, and I'll be back in 2024. I'm unsure when and I'm unsure what that's going to look like. Um, I'm really going to spend the rest of the summer just praying into what God has for this and where God wants me to take this. Um, so I don't really know when I'm going to come back. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for all of your support this year. And um, yeah, just supporting and listening and allowing me to do this. Um, it's such an honour and it's, um, yeah, just yeah, such an honour to be able to, for God to be able to use me to speak to you. So I really hope that you got encouragement and inspiration this year and that um, 
that the things that I've talked about in this podcast has helped you in your relationship with God. Um, And yeah, apart from that, thank you so, so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time.